WildTalkRadio.com. Theme song! This is the Firefly Funhouse! And I want to introduce you to some very special friends that I've met along the way. Hey, this is Adam Copeland, a.k.a. the Rated R Superstar. Hey guys, this is Renee Paquette. This is Kane from WWE. This is WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Hi, this is Bree, and this is Nikki, and we're the Battle Twins. This is Christopher Daniels, and what I like to do on my office is listen to the rap, and now you are And it is awesome. Stratisfaction is guaranteed. It's time to experience the award-winning The Rack. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I love kickball. I'm back, taking souls and digging holes. I'm gonna break you, bitch, you hear me? You can love, but you can't touch. (laughs) Ruthless aggression. With your host. They've been lying to you. Heroes don't exist. Y'all become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. Have I mentioned that I was uh, once addicted to eating sponges? Lindsay Ward. Look at me, woman. And you can just call me Taker. Oh my god, it's Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Does Taker hate me? Oh my god, it's Taker. And she was a wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and shoot to back. I like puppets. Stickers! And her producer, Sir Rockin. My little creatures of the night will now experience the magical art of puppetry. <laughs> what the game is playing. Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. We're here. Yowie wowie. Right here on WildTalkRadio.com, brought to you by our friends over at MBG Films. Check them out at youtubecom MBG1211. And if you're listening to us on WildTalkRadio.com, RockRadioShow.com, or directly on Twitch, thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. If you're on Twitch and you happen to have a Prime Gaming sub available, well, you can use it here for free for 30 days. All you have to do is hit the little purple button down at the bottom of the screen, and you can subscribe for free. It is that simple. You can also subscribe the regular way, follow the channel, hang out and chat, or listen to the archive. We are happy to have you any way we can get you. Happy New Year, everybody. It is the first show of 2024 for The Rack. We are back. We are here. We are live. I'm your host, Lindsay Ward. Joining me, as always, is the ever-faithful producer slash co-host slash handyman, Sir Rockin. It's the Ramblin' Awards night. You can tweet us at Wild Talk Radio, at Rack Radio Show, at Lindsay Come to WildTalkRadio.com, RackRadioShow.com, or twitch.tv slash WTRLive to interact with us live, because tonight we're talking about the best of 2023 in the worlds of sports and entertainment. I wore my fanciest house socks for this. <laughs> also, the song coming in, the song. Oh. I mean, it's Ramblin' Awards night. Yeah, I had, it... I had, to, had to play that song, or a version of that song. 
You did. You had to play it. It just it it hurts the heart just a little it, bit. It, it it does, but it had to be done for this particular night. He lives on with us forever. Um. So yeah. So we are doing just the Ramblin' Awards next week. Tune in for pretty much all news. Because yeah, so so it's listed in our sheet as hey look we have news yeah and then something for the week after yeah I love that and something we'll figure All out news. something we'll we'll figure out something some we need to talk about something or something on the 18th because it's the week before the rubble so it's worth something it is it is it is it is it is so we'll figure, we're go- we'll figure that out when we get to that point yes so this will be a mix of WWE and AEW. Um, so this should be interesting. There are some things I know on here, some things I don't know. Um, and Rock will get to carry those, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll talk all about it as, as much as we can of what we can. Uh, hashtag expert, yes. No. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, yeah. No. Has Brent figured out how to... I wonder if Brent put together the, the results of Pick'em yet? For, like, Which overall one? year? We were supposed to give me, a, give me a, you know, standings for how people did. Oh, God. Not for, a, not, not for AEW. We already knew that answer. It was for, for the WWE stuff. Oh. We already know the AEW one. That, that's a given. No, I did not win. No, she threw this past week. I did not throw. <laughs> Y'all keep accusing me that, and I did not throw. I literally just didn't know who to pick, so I went with the name that seemed the best. Everyone and I th- want Wheeler Yuta to have nice things. Is that so wrong? Yes. Why? Cause he's like the one person I like, and it's <laughs> mainly one. just because I like the name. Like it's fun to say Wheeler Yuta. It's fun to say Wheeler Yuta, and it's fun to say. <sighs> I did not throw. I I deny these allegations. I did not throw. Did not throw. Okay. Anywho, we got eight categories oh. to get into, which means we hit the intro, and then we're going to jump right into the 2024 Ramblin' Awards. So we are going to open with. An Uncle intro. Howdy's. We're huh? doing the we're doing the intro. Shh. Oh, we're doing the intro. I'm sorry. Shh. Intro time. Intro time. It's time for the 2024 Ramblin' Awards. Celebrating the best in sports and entertainment in 2023. From the most shocking to the sweetest to the most notable moments. Along with the hardest carries of the year. Now your presenters of the 2023 Ramblin' Awards. Lindsay Ward and Sir Rockin'. So here we are at the Ramblin' so, Awards. Here we are. Like I said, I'm wearing my best house socks for this. Mm-hmm. So it's we great. are going to open mm-hmm. with Uncle Howdy's most noteworthy moment. Okay. We have some doozies. We do. And I know the one in here very well. Very <laughs> intimate with it. Um, WWE merges with UFC and forms TKO. CM Punk was 
fired by AEW after AEW All In. Roman Reigns surpasses a thousand days as WWE champion. Gunter becomes the longest reigning intercontinental champion. And John Cena returns for a multi-week in-ring return to WWE. They're all big moments. They're all big moments. But like, or noteworthy moments, yeah. But I feel like the top two kind of like eclipse the other three. But let's let, let, let's talk about the the mall first. We got the John Cena one. Is this going to win? No, but it needs to be no. mentioned because no one expected him to be back for a multi week return, which featured multiple appearances weekly on SmackDown. Because when he came back at the beginning of the year, it was he was there what once to build yeah. his match with Austin Theory at WrestleMania, and never and that match wasn't the greatest. So it was like. Well, what's Shauna going to do here? He worked, came back, worked two premium live events. Thank you, Actor Strike, because that's why he came back. That, that is one of the things that led to him coming back was the Actor Strike. Yeah, so we got him as a as a regular on television for two and a half months, something like that. Yeah, he was he was back for a while. It was and only supposed it was... to be a couple a few weeks, and it was like okay, then it extended. Yeah, then the Actor Strike just like extended, and here we are. Then he had his last match, and then, you know, magically, the strike ended. <laughs> like, right after. Um, My god, it's like somebody told him it was over. It was over, and he was, it was done, and yeah. So that's not, that's not going to win. No, sadly, that's not going to win. Gunther had an impressive year, though, as Intercontinental he Champion. He continues to be impressive as your reigning and defending Intercontinental Champion, but he... Officially retired the Honkometer. It is now the Gunter Gauge. The as Gunter he Gauge. Is... Oh, okay. What else are we going to call it? I, that's fine. The Walter Watch? I don't know. I, that, that actually has a better ring to it. But he's not, he's not Walter. He's not Walter. He's, he's not, Gunther. He's not Walter. He's Gunter. Um, so they put the Honky Talk Man IC title reign to bed. He's now the second longest reigning behind Gunter, who continues to reign and defend over the intercontinental landscape. Who knows when he'll lose it? Maybe WrestleMania, but they're definitely for sure putting things like solid that he's going to be very hard to catch in the future if they ever do it again. Yeah. Um, this is a cool moment because I think it actually happened right around, no, it happened like what, right around SummerSlam? After SummerSlam. End of September? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Some, somewhere around there. September. It was in September, Matt saying September. So, yeah, I would say, I mean, that's that's pretty good for him. They Is they it? did a nice little ceremony. They celebrated him. They had a good time. Imperium was at their height. They were. Now they're not having so great of a time. <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, they're still having a time. I wouldn't say it's the just... time of their life. No, they're not. They're not as dominant as they once were. Gunter still is, but Kaiser and Vinci are having problems. Um, but yeah, no, this was cool. This was fun. Same in the same respect, Roman Reigns becoming uh, WWE champion for a thousand days was pretty exciting as well. Um, please God, though, let it be over soon. It, the never-ending title reign, like in in of itself. Okay, people will complain about his title reign. The first big portion of it, he was there all the time this last year eh, not so much so it is very padded but the early stuff was not as padded as it is now where he only defends every three months uh but that's okay he's earned his time off and getting to a thousand days that 
plus at this point is an impressive feat. It is a very noteworthy because he's one of the longest reigning champions in WWE history. Next up, I think he's getting closer to Hulk Hogan. So, I mean, if he holds it for another year, he could be, be in that, that category, brother. God, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, all things are possible. Stories may never end. Oh, God. That, that chapter could be wide open for a long time. For, for It could be a long, winding road for that man. Can I ask a question? You can. Is it uninterrupted days, or can he, like, lose it and get it back, and it picks up? Uninterrupted. Oh, God. Because if you want to add time, he's held the belt before. I mean, there's that at time. No, this is straightforward. I don't think they're going to get him to number one. No, that's Bruno. That's, like, that's what, 3,000, 4,000 days, if not more? Yeah. Like, they might get him to Hogan, but I doubt it, because it just... That's that's a little long. Like the one thing that they did, like the one good thing that they did do is they did split the titles, so Seth's title can move if they really want to go that they, route. They but... did not. No, they, incorrect. They did not split titles. They created a new title. Whatever. Well, it's, it's a big a second... difference. It's a big difference in like the lineage stuff. Anyway, there's a second title that Seth mm-hmm. has that can move if they need it to move. So if you need to give people like I don't know Cody, other people. But that's not. Um, but it's, it's, it's Cody winning that belt's not finishing that story. Well, he may have to wait a long time to finish that story. Yes, but anyway, Bruno's twenty eight hundred days. Hogan's fourteen hundred and something. Where's Roman at right now? Uh, Wikipedia does not tell me. Wikipedia says six hundred and forty something plus. It doesn't give me the exact number. What is this guy? He's currently at twelve hundred twenty two days. So he what has to go another two hundred two hundred two hundred days for. Hogan. Hogan. And 1,600 days for Bruno? I mean... The thing... Another, what, five five years? He's not going to catch Bruno. They're not going to put him to Bruno. Mm -mm. They just, they can't do that. That's not feasible. We're not Um, talking about Bruno. We're not. We don't talk about Bruno. We're not talking about Bruno. Um... But they could get him to Hogan, like, realistically, for another 200 days, so that's end of this year, <laughs> basically. Yeah, that's midway, it's what, after SummerSlam. Like, you you have, potentially have, because uh... here's the thing, they just said that The Rock and, The Rock wants to sit at the head of the table, but they never said where. We all assume it's WrestleMania, but it could be somewhere else. So, but we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see what happens. Um, And then, I have no good transition for this. I really, really, really don't. Um, We all followed this. There's not a lot to really talk about on this, other than, you know, just to say this was a noteworthy moment. Um, CM Punk fired by AEW after AEW All In. This was the... This Tony wasn't the fighting K- incident. This was something else. This was Tony Khan fearing for his life incident. Um, after the Jack Perry incident um, was the final straw when him and Punk had a, a confrontation backstage after Jack Perry decided to, uh, I guess, go in for business for himself with not even CM Punk, just made in comment on air, and that set CM Punk off, and he exploded, and uh, incidents happened. People feared for their lives and allowed CM Punk to return to WWE after it all. Which is the funniest thing. Jack Perry has not been seen since. (laughs) CM Punk has been on WWE Worldwide Television after being fired. Jack Perry is still sitting at 
home. Well, I mean, to be fair, Jack Perry fair. has our, Jack Perry has his blame in it. He took the shot. Yes, um, but, but he shouldn't be home point... for where he should be at home for four months. I don't disagree with that. I don't think he should have been benched, but he does have his blame in that. Um, this was the this was the final straw, as you said, in a series of many many events. It had started basically a year prior with brawl in brawl out brawl out. I always get the confused. Where Kenny Omega or several EVPs stories change of who was involved, but we know that Kenny Omega and the Bucks were at the very least involved. Shit went down between Ace Steel and CM Punk and them, and people got suspended. People got supposedly fired, but not really fired. They were brought back as consultants. Um, so, you know, lies. And there was a lot of stuff going on in the backstage of AEW. There was a lot of rumor. There was a lot of innuendo of what was going on with Punk. And I think the general consensus is, especially since Punk at this point was going to make amends with WWE, basically to apologize, was that Punk was trying to get his ass fired. Because it's likely that he perhaps asked to get let out of his contract, speculating, no confirmation, and didn't. And so, and he couldn't walk out because I'm fairly sure there were protections in place for that. And so he resolved himself to get himself fired. And and he proceeded to do everything he could think of at that point to act like a act like a brat and get fired, which he succeeded in. And I'm sorry, he did. He acted like a brat. There's just there's no other way to put that. Um, it was a noteworthy thing because it was a really because one, it was the first really major firing by AEW. Um, yes. but it's also sad, and you feel bad for AEW in the sense that there was a lot of hype around them bringing Punk back they They made a tv show for him they made a tv show for him they built a brand around him they were building him as a face of the company they were selling tv deals with him like there was a lot pinned on him because it was we got cm punk we secured the person that has been gone for wrestling for 10 years told everybody to fuck off he's not coming back and he doesn't want to go back to WWE. Tony Khan convinces Punk to come back, convinces him to sign with AEW, and they pinned all their hopes on him, and it was like, oh my god, he's back. A lot of people were really excited, they were happy, they were thrilled. It's like, this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful partnership between AEW and Punk, and it soured like milk on a summer day. So fast. And it's sad. It's really sad. Like things have worked out for Punk for the better because he's in WWE now. We'll see how that goes. But like you just you do feel a little bad for AEW and for Tony Khan in general just because that was not a great way for that to end. But here we are. But then here we but are. I, but then I think we should just hit the drum roll and crown this as the the, the winner. I think the next one. Yeah, I would say so. WWE merges with UFC and forms TKO, the true end of an era in professional wrestling and the industry as a whole, as Vince McMahon no longer owns WWE. No longer owns WWE, no longer has full control of WWE. He's basically a figurehead at this point. He sits on the board and he says things, and that's all he does. That's all he's allowed to do. Um, this was absolutely huge just because nobody saw this. I mean, people saw this coming, but nobody really like believed this was going to happen. And I think in terms of how we all thought 
Vince McMahon losing control of WWE would go was honestly that they would carry him out of his office feet first, and that would be it. And then they would sell the company. And and then Hunter and Steph and Shane and his wife, and possibly Linda, would sell the company, yes. Instead, he merged the company with UFC, got a good deal where um, he could still have power, and then got shifted out of power really quick. Uh, well, you know, Senate or uh, allegations and FBI investigations will do that. That will do. That will cause some problems for some people. Yeah, yeah. but it, it was wild because it's like, yeah, they're gonna say maybe they'll sell, maybe, but you don't really believe it because it's been rumored for years. Yeah, they're eventually gonna sell the company and or sell part part interest in the company. It's like, eh, maybe, but it's always gonna be Vince's company. And then twenty twenty two happened where Vince got ousted by uh by uh, his, his wrongdoings over the oh. years. Oh, God, um, that's funny mildly. And sort of got t- retired, in quotations, from the company, and then came, forced his way back. Like, this year started with him, last year started with him forcing his way back onto the board. And forcing Stephanie out of yeah. power. Like, he, he forced, forced his own daughter out. He forced his own daughter out of the company again, and... Put himself on the board, put himself back in charge of someone of creative, and then as the year went on, he got ousted at that role because uh, Endeavor didn't didn't want any part of it. So yeah, that is the most noteworthy story of the year: is WWE merged with UFC and Endeavor to form the TKO. I mean, I, I'm not for him. No, for Vince, Vince does things his own way. Just leave it at that. All right, so that's Uncle yeah. Holiday's most noteworthy moment. WWE merges with UFC and forms TKO. Next up, next we we have the Bludgeon Brothers Tag Team of the Year. So your nominees are Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, The Usos, Damian Priest and Finn Balor, Alpha Academy, FTR, The Acclaimed, Pretty Deadly, The Creed Brothers, Damage Control, and Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. Could be Chelsea Green and partner, because she's had multiple partners and been very entertaining all year long. Yes, um, but you have Piper Niven. I wrote no. I'm just saying, if I if we didn't have to choose that partner, I would we mm. could have done multiple because her and Carmella were good, her and Sonya were good, but Piper and her have really yeah, they've really taken off. They've really taken off, but Chelsea's been been really good as a tag team wrestler um damage control had this sense ups and downs this year as a team but they've been they ended the year very successful you know hasn't built they got stronger um you look at alpha academy one of the most entertaining things on monday night raw they just found their stride and they've just really taken off and i can't blame them for that at all like they just they took something that really was kind of like eh Maybe, and really, really, really made it into something. We we had to put the Usos on the list because the Usos had a good start to the year, and then they broke up around SummerSlam. Um, but the first half, they they lost belts, but they were still reigning defending champions going into WrestleMania. They are still the Usos. Um, speaking of entertaining, yet pretty deadly. Who's always entertaining um, and always pretty. Well, well, was that either on NXT or... On the main roster, they've been really, really good. Uh, FTR, longest one of the longer reigning AEW tag team champions. The acclaimed and Daddy Ass are the trio's tag team champions. They had to be mentioned because AEW needs representation, and you just listen, listen. And hopefully, they find out that the, the acclaimed can do things still. Because boy, uh, they they really slacked off at the end with them. But I think then then there's the Creeds. I don't think they're oh, they've this had year. a year. 
I don't think they're this year's tag team. They will definitely be next year's tag team if they go on the continue on the rise they're on right now. They they are going to be something to watch in 2024. But to me, it comes down to these two teams: Owens and Zayn, or Priest and Balor. We hear a lot about the the platitude finish the story, and for Owens and Zayn, they they broke up essentially in the early part of the year about the point of the year they were broken up and but be prior to that they told one hell of a story going coming out of 2022 coming into the new year and heading to wrestlemania where you had the reconciliation of kevin owens and Sami Zayn, where they had been purposefully kind of sort of kept apart and they had danced around each other and they hadn't really done much together since they had come up from the from NXT and they had been split apart. Like they had that they've had a couple fuse on the main roster, but ultimately they were split apart and Kevin went to go do his thing and Sammy went to go do his thing. And Sammy hit his stride in twenty twenty two with the bloodline and doing that whole story with the bloodline and you had kevin at one point coming to sammy which was the start of this whole thing trying to extract sammy out of that where he's like no no stop it no you're not with them you're just you're screwing with them stop it and you had that whole thing go down where eventually sammy chooses the bloodline over kevin which takes you into and then you had that whole story and then you had Kevin eventually coming back to Sammy and the two of them forgiving each other, which was absolutely phenomenal. And Kevin backing Sammy against Roman, which ultimately led to Kevin versus Sammy against the Usos for the titles at WrestleMania. And you have that moment where Kevin and Sammy, in the main event of night one, by the way, topple the Usos and end, their, and end the United Tag Team Championship title reign. Like, that was pretty... That was a pretty sweet moment. It was. Just the whole story. But then on the flip side, because we talked about the Usos, they've had a hell of a year in the sense of they were together and now they're not. And they're each finding single success, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Um, I don't know, though... And I don't need to list everything the Usos have done because reasons, but just the whole J coming out of the bloodline of him and Jimmy, the betrayals, the exits, all the things, that that whole story that they've been, especially with Jay, and what they've been doing with Jay to tell his story is just really, really, really phenomenal. Good, but that's not a tag team, that's a singles. And to me, because Owens and Zayn and the Usos have split up and they did so about midpoint of the year we kind of have to count them out disagree because i would disagree with the usos we can't out owens and zane they're very much up there as tight team of the year damien and finn have been good they've been really good but i think the specialness of owens and zane winning the titles and then they were for four months the headliners of Raw, Kevin and Sammy. They were. And they didn't do the normal, hey, we're just going to break up, break up. They were forced apart back in October. So it's not like they've been broken up forever. So it shouldn't be discounted. Oh, yeah, they're no longer a team. Well, they're reluctantly not a team. To me, mine is Kevin and Sammy over Damian and Finn. But if it's if you want to go Finn and, and Damian, that, that's fine by me. If that's your, your choice. I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. Because, like, I feel like the thing for me is that Finn and Damien have been really entirely consistent throughout the year. 
And there's been a lot of ups and downs with Judgment Day. Like, there has been with every tag team on this list. But, like, Finn and Damien, there was a lot of storytelling where it's like, for a minute, you thought that Finn and Damien weren't on the same page. And that Judgment Day was going to break apart because there was a lot of tension with Finn and Damien especially. Because Finn didn't have his title. Rhea had hers. Dom had his. Damien won Money in the Bank. And poor Finn. Poor Finn could not take the title from Seth. And there was a lot of frustration and a lot of tension in the Judgment Day because of this. And you had Finn and Damien, I believe, take the titles off of Sammy and Kevin. Yep. So it's something that you had that moment where they win the titles and they've held them ever since. Now the Greens are coming for them. Um... But it's just, to me, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know who to pick. Because I love Sammy and Kevin. Like, I love pretty much everybody on this list, minus the AW people, because I'm not really familiar with them. But um, I don't know who to pick. Like, I don't want to pick the Usos for sure. I know no, that. No, it's either Kevin and Sammy or Damien and Finn. What do you, I think wh- just, what's it going to be? I think just for the consistency, I have to go Damien and Finn. All right. <laughs> Damien Priest and Finn Balor are the Bludgeon Brothers Tag Team of the Year. Hey, let's go. All right, what's next? So now we have Huskus's sweetest moment. DIY reunites on Raw. Seth Rollins wins the World Heavyweight Championship. Bad Bunny's entrance at Backlash. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn reunite in Sami Zayn's homecoming in Montreal. So we talked about Kevin and Sami reuniting. It was a huge moment. But mm-hmm. Sammy returning back to Montreal, oh and I'm not God. talking, and he had two nights of it, just on SmackDown alone, where he just stood in the ring, and they just cheered him for 10 minutes. He said one thing, and then and then that was it, and he could revel in it, and he got his old music back and everything. It, it was a, it was like, those two nights were, were a moment. Same for Bad Bunny in, in uh, at Backlash in Puerto Rico. That was cool. Oh, that was a moment. That was cool. You like you watched him just the, everything. That was that was a moment. DUI coming back together. That was fun. It was it was a moment we have been all been waiting for. It was a sweet moment, as they, as it says. I think there are sweeter moments though. And Seth winning list. the Seth finally winning the world title back. That was a sweet moment for him. But I think it's Sammy's homecoming, hands down. Yeah, I have to give it to Sammy's homecoming. Like it's yeah. It was a yeah. it was that a, was a like, that was a moment. It was like it was the moment for it. So officially hit the the drum roll. <laughs> Sammy Zane's homecoming in Montreal is his huskiest, sweetest moments of the year. We can't really there's nothing really to go deep into it, it's just that's what happened. It was a it was a big moment. You it had was, to yeah. you had to be there to experience like being there probably was so probably sweet. Oh just yeah. To watch it that had to be amazing. Yeah. So yeah. On to the next one. Oh have mercy. The shocking moment of the year. Sammy got a lot of nominations this year. Um Sammy Zayn turns on the bloodline at the Royal Rumble. Trish Stratus turns on Becky Lynch. Jay Uso leaves the bloodline. Kari Sane returns to WWE and joins Damage Control. Asuka joins Damage Control. Nia Jax returns to WWE and Santos Escobar turns on Rey Mysterio. I'm just going to say this right now. It's not the most shocking, but it was the most cathartic. Jay Uso leaving the bloodline and the way that he did it. 
is like that was like what two to three years in the making and when they finally did it oh god it was so good it was just so so good you're like yes baby you do you you get it because you just watch jay take all this shit and he finally pays it back it's like oh thank god thank you god it was shocking because you're waiting for it but you you when it's like, yeah, I don't know if it's ever going to happen, and then it happened. What was shocking about it, though, was that Jimmy went first. Yep. The Jimmy turned before Jay. That what was That's what was really shocking about that, because everybody was expecting it to be Jay. Just because we, they, like, all the signs were there. And Jay had put up with all this shit from Roman, and just everything, and the whole Sammy storyline had thrown everything into, like, chaos. And you're waiting for Jay to turn, and it was Jimmy who did it first. And there were just so many betrayals at this point. But yeah, most cathartic honorary category goes to Jay Uso. That was Dam- a beautiful, beautiful moment. It was. Damage Control leveled up with Kari Sane returning, and it was. We, no one thought that was happening. That no. shocked people at Crown, at Crown Jewel, I think it was. Asuka joined Damage Control. Think- Damage control as well. That that was a moment where like, wait, she really joined them. So it was like, I think hmm. with Cardi saying nobody was like even realized she was there. No, no one knew because it was Saudi. So like, you you didn't know who who it was at that point. It was like, oh wait, that's Kyrie saying. So there was that. Um, neither damage control is the most shocking, but it they were shocking moments when they did happen. Nia Jax returning caught many. That was a surprise. Of, like she did her rumble thing. I was like, okay, whatever. And then she returned on Raw. Oh. Hi, Naya. Welcome back. Now she's feuding with Becky Lynch. So here we are. Then then there was Trish, who came back all, all sweet and loving and part of the team with, with Becky and Lita. And then she had enough of Becky's stuff and decided to take out Becky Lynch. And we haven't seen Lita since. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, she just, like, disappeared. She just disappeared. Trish took her out, and then uh, we haven't seen her since... I think she was on NXT once in a video, but that's about it. But that was a big moment. That was a shocking moment because you didn't think Trish would come back and be a heel. No, no that, that, that was that was that wasn't gonna happen. And having an extended run, no, that wasn't gonna be a thing. And that happened this year, shockingly enough. Santos turning on Ray. Brent had been trying to protect it for like four months, and it finally happened. Um, but the shocking, the way it went down, I think again we're, we've been talking about them all night. But Sammy's had a year. Oh, Sammy's, God, Sammy had Sa- a year. I, that moment, how it went down at the Royal Rumble. Because we're all, everybody was doing the same thing. We're all like, do it. Do it. Turn on him. Do it. Because it's, we all knew Sammy was leading Roman kind of down the primrose path, right? Where it's like, we all know eventually Sammy's going to turn. We, we We knew this. We walked into this knowing this. Yeah. But we went on this journey with him anyway because it was just too fucking good to not to. And when Sammy Sammy finally turned on Roman, oh god, and he took Jay with him. That was that was like the just the acting alone in the Sammy and Jay stuff was just Jeff's kiss. It was just beautiful. Sammy made his big turn and then got beat down. So But it was great. The whole thing of the rumble was like excellent storytelling. So to me, that's the most shocking moment. It was something yeah. we thought knew coming, but... It, There's it something was... in the execution that just pushes it over. Yeah, so officially... <laughs> your Oh Have Mercy shocking moment of the year. Sami Zayn turns on the bloodline at the Royal Rumble. Up next, next, we have the Yowie Wowie biggest surprise. So, 
coming in, we have Adam Copeland, aka Cliff, joining AEW. Sting announcing his retirement. Rock returns to SmackDown to confront Austin Theory. CM Punk returns to WWE at Survivor Series. The Undertaker appears on NXT. Carlito returns to WWE. Randy Orton returns at Survivor Series. Becky Lynch wins the NXT Women's Championship. You told me at the beginning of the year Becky Lynch would be the NXT Women's Champion. I wouldn't have believed you. Right? Why would she be NXT Women's Champion? That was a surprise. Carlito returning. I don't like, think he, anybody expected that. Him having the one-off at, at Backlash, I was like, oh, it's Carlito, and then it made his way. It took him months to actually re- actually get a full time job with the company, but he he had a full time job with the company now, like w- a one off appearance, and the, the fan reaction got him a job. Carlito never really got a good run. Okay, he deserves nice things. He had a run. He had a good run for a while, and then he, he was he was young and Still did something. My water bottle. <laughs> then you have a moment people I don't think I ever expected. <laughs> the Undertaker was on NXT. <laughs> I- expected it but at the same time it wasn't necessarily like a huge what i would term shock just because he's kind of shown up there before never on tv he's never been on nxt tv never been on nxt tv but he's like been associated with nxt in the past like he's been there for unofficial visits and backstage stuff and other things so but 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 but, you know putting over people on tv i mean that was a big surprise it was and that's what taker does he puts people over now he does i mean he did in the past too he did in the past. Then Randy Orton returning at Survivor Series after what eighteen months? That was yeah. a big, that that's a that was a big surprise that he's actually able to come back. Yeah, there was a lot of talk he wasn't going to. He had a lot of health problems. Nobody was sure if he was going to be back. The only problem is is that as cool as Randy coming back was, it got completely eclipsed by somebody else. Sam Punk returning it to WWE at Survivor Series. That that was a surprise. That was a surprise, even though everybody was like, oh, I want it to happen. Like, like the the internet manifested the absolute living fuck out of that. I'm not even going to lie. Like, there were so many people that were trying to make that happen, and WWE kept trying to come out and deny it and say that he wasn't going to sign. Everybody's like, I don't know if he should be signed just because he's such a troublemaker and blah, 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 blah. And when I say people, I mean me. And... (laughs) And... It's like, is he or isn't he? And we went that whole pay-per-view, like, is he or isn't he? And there were signs. There were signs, ladies and gentlemen, on that pay-per-view that told you coming. Because it's like, oh, it's so cliche that they're going to bring Punk back in Chicago. But of course they were bringing Punk back in Chicago. What do they do? At they the very end. Punk. They brought him back in Chicago. Right before they faded black. Yep. Um. So poor Randy, his moment got a glimpse. It did. Then there's The Rock. That was a genuine surprise. That was the most genuine surprise of them all. Because he came back, college game day just so happened to be in Colorado. The Rock just so happened to be appearing on college game day the next day in Colorado. SmackDown just so happened to be in Chicago, or Colorado that day. And they decided, hey, let's all roll up. Pat rolls up, brings Dwayne with him. Dwayne returns, confronts Austin Theory. Had a hell of a moment, a viral moment. That was that was a genuine surprise. Like there was word, like, well, maybe he's gonna be there, but no one knew for sure because it's Dwayne. He's, he hasn't been on TV in forever. He's surely not yeah. coming to WWE. And, and and now he wants to sit at the head of the table. Um, but well, everybody th- that did this was like, oh my god, is he gonna come yeah. and challenge Roman? Is this it? Is this where it happens? And it didn't. 
It didn't, because he talked about it on Pat's show earlier that day. It's like, this is why this didn't happen, and Philly is an option. Well, as we're learning, Philly's definitely an option option now. He could be sitting at that table. Then there's Stinger, announcing that in, in, in March, he's going to retire. Fully. Fully retire, yeah. That's a big surprise because you figured he had a couple more years left in him, but he's like, nope, we're wrapping it up. No, now seems like a good time. It seems like an opportune time. I think he's, I think for him, he's done everything that he can get to do yeah. in AW because I think, and we keep bringing it up, but the one, the one thing that he really wanted that he was not able to get was Taker. That was the one thing he wanted was Mark. And Mark would not Budge. acquiesce. He just was like, no, we're not doing that. Because he had the bad match, and he's like, no, no, we're, no, uh-uh, no. Which was probably a good call. Yeah. And so, go sorry, go ahead. So that's Sting retiring. But then there's Adam Cliff Copeland. It's a, it was a moment, it was a surprise, but it's not the biggest surprise. Because once he decided he, he was done in WWE, you kind of knew... It was happening. It was just a matter of when, not if. I think the speed of which it happened was what the surprise was. Because he, like, wrapped up with WWE and he was on it within, I think, like a month. Yeah. Of leaving WWE. And I don't fault him at all. No. His reasoning is completely sound. And honestly, what else was there for him to do in WWE? There was really nothing. No, there, there was wasn't. absolutely nothing for him left to do. He had nothing left to prove. And everybody that he wanted to be with and everybody that he wanted to work with was in AEW or is in AEW currently. And so yeah. it's the biggest thing was he wanted to be with Christian. He wants to go out with Christian, I think. Yeah, he wants to work with him one, one last time, which he's doing. Yeah, which he's doing currently. So it's like, it makes complete sense that he's like, I don't have anything left to do. WWE and I are cool. He went out properly. Yeah. But if we're going to go off the word surprise, to me, it's Dwayne. Yeah, it's Dwayne. So officially. (laughs) The Yowie Wowie biggest surprise. The Rock returns to SmackDown to confront Austin Theory. Sorry, man. It's not Cliff. It it wasn't Cliff. The problem is, is like everybody, everything else minus taker was sort of expected in some way possibly carlito too because i don't think anybody saw carlito coming but like the just in terms of returns and surprises the rock really was like holy shit it's Dwayne," because that was the first time he had been on tv in a couple years yeah several years so it was like oh god damn there he is um because normally they, they like announce when he's coming and this time he was just rolled up to SmackDown. He's like, hey, can I be on TV? And they're like, sure. Because who turns down Dwayne, right? No, you, you don't turn down Dwayne. So up next, we have Abby's most spellbinding match. We have nominated the Men's Royal Rumble match from 2023, the Women's Royal Rumble match from 2023, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania, Gunter versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania, Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania, Usos versus... Owens and Zayn at WrestleMania. Zayn versus Roman at Chamber. Damian Priest versus Bad Bunny at Backlash. Becky versus Trish at Payback. Gunter versus Gable on the September 4th episode of Raw. And Becky versus Tiffany Stratton at NXT No Mercy. Oh, he has the final pickums. Okay, we'll get them after. We'll we'll wrap up the show with it. That's perfect. Um, the men's and women's Royal Rumble were really good. 
They were really good matches. They were. Gun- the, the Gunther story, the Rhea story, and both of those two matches specifically were really well done. Charlotte and Rhea had a hell of a match at WrestleMania. That was a really nice return from the COVID mania. It really was. Where they where they got to go, especially with Rhea doing the new persona, and just absolutely going out there and owning it. And I think everybody was like on the edge of their seat because it's like, we want Rhea to win, but oh god, it's Charlotte at WrestleMania, and are they going to do the thing? Mm-hmm. And they didn't do the thing. They didn't do the thing. Um, Becky and Trish, really good at payback. Mm-hmm. Becky and Tiffany for the and No Mercy was really good. Gunther and Gable tore the house down on Monday Night Raw. Oh, God, that was so fucking good. So good. We should not have gotten that for free, but we did. We did. Cody and Roman at WrestleMania would be the match of the year if Cody finished the story. Yeah. If Cody had won, hands down. Hands down. Easy. Sammy and Roman, the atmosphere, the moments that happened in that match, fantastic. If Sammy had won, that would be it. That would be it. He didn't win. Even though we all really wanted it, he didn't win. He didn't win. Owens and Zayn versus the Usos. Oh, that was... That was something. That's to watch. a con- that that's a contender. Damien and that... Bad, but Damien Bad Bunny though. That was that was an experience. Well, it was like, really nice. What about that? Was the you history. didn't expect? Yeah, with the history. And you, but you didn't expect that to be the, that type of match like that. You expected more of like a run-in type thing. Bad Bunny worked. I have nothing but respect for Bad Bunny every time he shows up in WWE because that motherfucker just works. He just rolls up and he's like, "I'm good." Let's go. Mm-hmm. And he's not afraid. Like, he's completely fearless when it comes to wrestling. It's so nice to see. Because it's like, he's a celebrity, right? Like, he doesn't have to work that hard. And he's like, no. I want to do all the crazy, stupid shit. Let me do all the crazy, stupid shit. And they're like, alright. Who's going to stop him? No one. Not them. No one can stop him. Like, Bad Bunny is setting a precedent for celebrity appearances in WWE. Him and Logan Paul, like they're just like setting the bar in terms of if you want to be cele- if you're a celebrity and you want to come to WWE, you have to hit this level, or we don't want you go away. And then there's the the triple threat at WrestleMania. That was really good. It was really good, but the one at Clash at the Castle was well. That was the previous year. I know, but that's what I'm saying. The the, the first one was better than this the- one. Well, this was a three-way. First yeah. one was just a, a singles match. Um, I'm torn between the backlash match and the tag match. I think just for the moment, it has to be Owen. It has to be Owen Zane. Yeah. The closing night one of WrestleMania, because again, the cliche we f- of finishing the story. Mm-hmm. It's with all the history that Owens and Zane have with the bloodline and everything that's been there. You have that really happy, cathartic moment at the end of Night 1 of WrestleMania where Owens and Zayn have come together, they have settled their differences, they have united as a team, and they topple the Usos who have had this tremendous reign as the tag team champions in the bloodline. And basically, Owens and Zayn, honor is restored, and mm-hmm. then winning the titles. They won them clean, there were no shenanigans. Well, no, actually there were shenanigans. Um, but they won them clean. And you just had a really phenomenal story going on in the mat with all the history that there that was had. And for me, it has to be Owens. Like, the Bad Bunny, Damien, really, really good. The Mania match was just better. Officially, the Abbey's most spellbinding match 
the Usos versus Owens and Zayn for the undisputed tag team titles at WrestleMania. Okay, so your female hard carry of the year. We have nominated Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Tiffany Stratton, Rhea Ripley, Io Sky, Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, and Athena. Rhea and Tony had a fucking year. They've both had really, really good years. Bianca had a good year. Becky had a Bianca really good year. Bianca did have a good year. But not as good as she, her previous year. So we're going to take mm-hmm. her off the board. Becky had a dominant year. Um, She's helped elevate the division, both down in NXT and on Monday Night Raw, giving platforms to people you never were expecting, whether it be Tegan Knox or Xia Lee or, or Laya Vakare and Tiffany Stratton. She made them this year. Mm-hmm. She put them on the map, along with, you know, everything else she she's done, feuding with Trish Stratus, making Zoe Stark. She's been a hard carry and as the definition of hard carry goes. Tiffany held it down in NXT. She Tiffany, was a dominant champion for them. Tiffany has helped to bring the women's division in NXT back to prominence, along with Becky and several other women's, but Tiffany has kind of become a focal point after Becky left, and that was the whole point, was to make Tiffany. And she has just put that division on her back along with several others and carried it and has really been the focal point, has really come into the character. It's not my most favorite character, but she is owning it and she's doing a wonderful job with it. Like she sells the shit out of it. She does. All right. Uh, Hikaru Shida has been is always the fallback for AEW. She's been a really good champion multiple times. She's been good. She's not a hard carry, but she's like consistently there for them. Then there's Athena. She's been un- she was undefeated for the entire year as champion in ROH. How can you like deny her as being one of the hard carries? She's undefeated. You can't. You really can't. Io Sky, Money in the Bank, Women's World Champion, Women's the Champion. Like that is, she she's been really good. And then there's Timeless Tony. You want to talk about reinventing yourself and owning she, the shit out of your gimmick? She's owned the character. Owned it. She's been really good. She's been one of the most entertaining things in AEW because she's just taken this character and just went the, went the opposite way of what you know she previously was in these last few months. And, and it's worked. She spiraled out of control in, into this role and it's like, yeah, this is really good. And then there's Rhea. She's what can be said? She's been awesome. Rhea, Rhea and Becky have kind of picked up, and Bianca, in terms of WWE, have picked up the main roster women's division and put it on their shoulders and just sort of carried it at one point or another. But Rhea has been carrying it since she won that title. And she has not let go. She has been an absolutely just dominant force in WWE she has skyrocketed to superstardom in terms of the gimmick that she's doing with Dominic and everything that's going on with, with Judgment Day. And Rhea really is one of the reasons why Judgment Day has been getting better and better and better. Like the whole stuff between her and Dominic and the mommy and the whole thing like just has worked. And it's been an amazing thing to watch because we've seen Rhea sort of begin to come into her own. Like we saw her join Judgment Day in 2022. She began to fill out the characters. She began to fill out, you know, sort of what was going on. And then last year, she, they strapped the rocket to her and she has taken full advantage yep. of it. 
taken advantage of everything that they've given her and has run with it. She's become a face for the company. She's become a face on social media. She, her, just her popularity is insane. And she just is incredibly consistent in what she does. Yep. Like, I can't recall a bad match that Rhea has had. Uh, not really, no. Like, just she, just the potential that she had and the potential that she continues to have is just off the charts. Because I think they're just barely scratching the surface with her in terms of what she has to offer them. It's, I don't... It, it's Becky or Rhea. It's a coin flip toss, basically, to me. I think just, again, on a consistency thing, I think to me it's... It's Rhea? I think to me it's Rhea. I can't deny Mommy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rhea Ripley, female hard carry of the year. Becky was great, but Rhea's the champion, so that logic gives her the edge, barely. Yeah. I mean, it's like, Becky had a good year, Rhea just had a little... She's carrying the women and the men. This is very true. This is very, very, very true. Literally, yeah. She's carrying Dominic Mysterio, for sure. Um, And last, but certainly not least, our male hard carry of the year. Your nominees are MJF, Samoa Joe... Orange Cassidy, Seth Gunter, Roman Reigns, Christian Cage, Cody Rhodes, and Hey. All right. Carmelo was really good in NXT this year. Dominant champion. That's why he's on this list. Christian Cage has been a fantastic character for AEW. He's the patriarch. He's your TNT champion. He's been really good. Cody Rhodes? Well, it's Cody. He's... he's Tagging down the beast and almost finished the story. I mean, it's Cody. You have Seth Rollins, your world's heavyweight champion. I, I mean, that just says it right there. Orange Cassidy was the international champion. 31 title defenses. Is that That's lot? carrying the business right there. Okay. 31 title defenses? Pretty gosh darn good. Samoa Joe, undefeated television champion for the Ring of Honor. Ended the year technically as the world's champion of AEW. You had MJF, who went a year as the world's champion of AEW. And he got to say fuck on television. He got to say fuck on television. Um, He, he didn't look the devil in the eye and lost. Um, Bay Bay. Like, he put his body on the line. The entire year, and, well, that's where we're at right now. Then there's Guther, long reign as Intercontinental Champion, longest reigning Intercontinental Champion to date, and Roman Reigns, a thousand plus days, dominance. I think in terms of carrying, it kind of comes down to me for MJF, Seth, and Cody. See, I'd eliminate Cody and put Guther in that spot. I don't know, because, like, to me, Guther's been really good, but he hasn't been like carrying to me like where they're putting the company on his back kind of thing fair like i feel like for cody cody they have they've again strapped the rocket to him he's taking full advantage of it and they're making him one of the faces of the company where he's mr good guy he's basically john cena 2.0 where he's the guy that they can send out the nice guy the good guy the all-american boy that they can send out and he'll shake hands and kiss babies and hug children and do all the things that John Cena used to do. And they're putting that on him, especially as Roman has continued to kind of take a step back. Cody is taking that over. Mm-hmm. And I think they're setting Cody up to take that at some point from Roman. Seth, to me, has carried Raw as the champion he's won the title he's had a lot of really fantastic matches he's been very good in the character and in the story i thought the stuff he did with shinsuke nakamura 
was absolutely phenomenal. I I I wish Shinsuke had won. He probably should have, but Seth carries forward. And then there's MJF. I know that name. I hear a lot about it. He is somebody that Tony Khan threw his full weight and trust behind, and I don't think MJF disappointed. No. MJF said he wanted to carry that company. He said he wanted the responsibility. He begged and pleaded and threatened to get it. And Tony said, okay, fine. Especially when all the punk shit happened and they lost punk, MJF stepped up and was like, okay, let's go. And they did the thing with him. They did. He's one of their most popular characters. He he, 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 he is their scumbag. He is their scumbag. He's a lightning rod for them. And he's a lightning rod good way i don't know i think you you made the case with the last person you said i think it's mjf i think it's mjf too he was the definition of a let's put the company on our shoulders and go with a guy in a company where you that's john moxley's role he he stepped up wrestled twice a night i made this point the other day where mjf wrestled like maybe not even a dozen times a year prior he doubled his match count and then some this year he was not a TV wrestler. If he did wrestle on TV, it was once in a blue moon. He's been wrestling on TV and on, on all the pay-per-views. They added more pay-per-views this year. He's wrestled on them all twice, if you on a few of them. Which didn't make sense, but good for him. Didn't make any sense, but uh, that's where we are. So officially... MJF is your male hard carry of the year. Which, by the way, can I just say that in the year of our Lord, can we please normalize wrestlers taking care of you? You would think, but it, it's wrestling. I know it's care. wrestling, but but can we please normalize people taking care of themselves, out and getting the required medical treatments that they need to be healthy? Because it's really heartbreaking, like to read the the note that MJF wrote to everybody talking about his time in AEW injuries and you know, stuff going on with Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan and a bunch of other people in AEW. And you just read stuff like that where it's like, you know, Keith Lee came out and said, oh, I've been hurt for a year and I've been working hurt for a year. That's not okay. It's not. It's, it really isn't. It's, it's not okay. It's like, can we please normalize wrestlers taking care of themselves 2024? Like, if you're part of one of the major promotions, they should pay for your health care. Because you're potentially getting hurt on the, like, especially if you get hurt on the job, they should pay for your health care and your effort. Well, that's a story for another, that's a story for another day. It is. But All I just, right, I wanted to say that. All right. We're switching over. We're going to go bring someone onto the show. Yeah. So we're going to do this. We're going to move over to here. <laughs> and that, that's a Discord sound for everybody to, to hear. We, we, we should have an intern now with us. Um, um, what? You, you're here. Hi. Oh. Hello. Sorry, I, I'm on. I'm on Twitch, and it's a little bit of a delay. Hi, everyone. He's Hello. He weaseled his way in. He weaseled his way onto the show. I'm not weaseling my way in. I'm doing the thing that I am not paid to do, which is keeper of records. You're actually doing your job for once. Look, I can just I can just leave this if you want. I don't have to do it. Okay, so I gave you a task to come up with the the, the, the results of pickup for the year. Yes, and I did a. I did multiple versions of this are you multiple okay let's see what you got all right so for our wwe picks oh god i'm gonna hate this aren't i um coming in last place was tim b who picked one event and went one and four okay uh next up was big daddy ace who went one event four and one Derek biddle overall had one event and he was six and one 
Next okay. up, uh, we have WWE 2K22 slash 23 okay. going a grand total of 14 and 16 for the year. It's not bad. It's sub 500. But for a video game, it's not bad. Well, maybe we'll do more. We gotta do more. For, we'll do the Royal Rumble. We'll probably stream the Royal Rumble stuff. Okay. We'll do that. Uh, just above him is Michael, who picked three events and went 20 and 6. Not bad. Nah, a couple more events, and he would have been higher up in the rankings. Yeah. Uh, next up was Chris P at twenty-seven and thirteen. Not bad. What percentage? J- just above him, because we're we're going with just total correct, not percentage. Was the eight ball who went twenty-nine and thirty-nine? Wow, that's not bad. Almost five hundred for an inanim- inanimate object. That's not bad at all. Next up was Tommy, who went thirty and six. Good percentage. When he picked when he picked events, he did fairly well. Yeah, he did well. Uh next up we have the Godfather <laughs> of Extreme, Rob Parks. Okay. Who went thirty two and twenty one but missed three events. Well, stuff happens. Yep. Above him is the wheel who went thirty two and thirty six. So technically the eight ball. Yeah, the wheel beat the eight ball. Uh technically because it had more it, it placed above Rob, even though Rob had a better percentage. We're just but going the, for, you know, dearth of picks. Almost, yeah. Um ayo. Uh I said dearth, not girth. I thought you said um, girth. No. Uh anyway. next up is Subway. Okay. Who went forty-four and twenty-four? Okay. Pretty respectable. Not bad. Then, then I came in at forty-seven and twenty-nine. Pretty decent. I I did okay. Some I I realized Mania really hurt me, and I was picking with my heart, not my head, for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I went four and nine for Mania, so yeah, that one hurt overall. Uh, above me is Sheila at forty-nine and nineteen. Okay, good percentage for her. Uh-huh. Next up was Tim with 52.5 and 23.5. What was his half? I have to look it up again. It was it was one of those things where he had picked like a conditional thing and so I was oh. like technically you got it right but it wasn't the it wasn't the condition you gave so we only gave him half a point. Okay. And you all and you okayed it. So there we go. Yeah, I, um, I remember okaying it. I just don't remember what it was for. All right, Keishi is just above Tim at 54 and 22. Okay, Cash. Get it. And then tied at the top for our WWE picks is both Sir Rockin' and Lindsay Ward at 56 and 20. Yay. 20 only? 28, correct? Okay. 56 and 20. Best Canadian picker? Yes. Best Canadian picker, Cash. Congrats. So I also did the other Fed. I'm going to hate this. I just already feel it. I'm going to hate it. Actually, there's a bit of a surprise. Um, So starting from the bottom, uh, Tim Stein picked one event and went seven and five. Okay. Next up, Jobber, who only picked the first event of the calendar year for AEW and Still went nine and oh. Still trying to catch up. Yeah. He's, he's only a month and a half behind. Month yeah. and a half. Uh, the eight ball picked three events and went nineteen and ten. So the eight ball does fairly well with AEW. Um, next up was Rob, who went twenty five and thirty four. The wheel went thirty one and thirty eight. Okay. Subway went forty seven and twenty three. Not bad. Next up is our AEW expert Lindsay Ward at fifty eight and thirty three. Not at the top. Let's go. Yeah, all, you didn't do great with All In, you didn't do great with Revolution, and then you absolutely tanked deliberately uh, World's End. I um, did not tank deliberately! We went over this at the top of the show! I just want 
I want Wheeler Yuta to have nice things. You also didn't change your pick for uh, Swerve Strickland, even though there was a deliberate change in things. He would have. I would have been wrong anyway. So you would have picked Dustin, probably. No, see, you're tanking. You're absolutely tanking. I'm tanking is not tanking. Um, next up with one pick better, Sir Rockin, fifty nine and thirty two. Okay. Just above you, two picks better is myself, thirty. I'm sorry, sixty one and thirty, and our number one AEW picker is one bento-eating Keishi Matsunaga at 65 and 26. Congrats, Keishi. So, so He's our the expert. Gr- He's the expert. He's number one. He's the expert. So our grand total, combining both WWE and AEW picks, at year's end, Keishi Matsunaga is number one with 119 and 48. Pretty good, Rock is in. Rock is in second, four points back. At at one fifteen and fifty two, Lindsay is at one fourteen and fifty three. I'm at one oh eight fifty nine. Sub ninety one and forty seven. The wheel at sixty three and seventy four. Tim fifty nine point five and twenty eight point five. Rob fifty seven and fifty five. And that's pretty much the the top list. Because everyone else is just kind of all WWE people. We don't so publicly officially officially the expert. Yeah, he got he's more, number he, one. Getting more right doesn't make you the expert, though. He's not the expert. He's he just got lucky this year with all of his picks. I mean, no, no, we, we don't know. No, we no, he picked correctly. He's the expert. Lindsay also threw the last one to try and tank. Yeah, throw. She was going for a better draft pick at the end of the year. We know it. Just trust the process. You are the expert. Trust the process. <laughs> it's a rebuilding year. <laughs> and he, he, see, he watches it. He should have the title. I don't no. watch it. No, it's, it's, it, it, it's your title. I don't want it. I want to give it to Keishi. But here's the thing. Keishi was just consistent. You had the, you were just, when you won, you won big. I shouldn't, though. That's the point. I shouldn't have won. I don't watch it. I also want to point out one thing. So don't, hang on. Let me count this up really quick. One, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven versus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So AEW had eight pay-per-views to the WWE's 11 and had more matches. You know, that's overall true. composite. Yeah. It's, AEW picks carried some people to the to their wins. But Keishi still won, so he's the expert. No, no, he's the Pick'em champion. You're still yeah, the expert. You're still the expert. No. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's this exactly. is a consensus. This is a consensus thing. This isn't just you get to say it. This is a consensus. And Rock no, and I are in agreement. No, show I can say it. it We're talking about the entire network. Net, yeah, this isn't just your show. Super, this supersedes that. Just so you're Not aware. the expert. <laughs> Her instincts are... God damn it, Keishi! Her instincts are... <laughs> There you go. Impulsing you off a cliff next time in Fortnite. They don't have impulses. They're shockwaves, and that won't hurt him. I could still do it. Let me have this. But that, my friends, is the Ramblin' Awards for 2023. That's our show. That is our show. So you got stuff to plug, so plug away. Saturday, 11.30 p.m. Eastern, it's it's the CB Radio AEW Fantasy Draft. Can Brent and Jobber get along as they make picks? Is Jobber going to be there? 
Jobber's going to be he's there every week now. So they'll have a team. I'm letting team, Jobber pick the team. I'm letting him team, do it. Team synergy is all full of effect between those two, and mainly the, the all, highlight. All the highlight. The highlight of the draft, as we all know, will be what does the wheel pick? Figure that out. Plus the blame Rob debate this Saturday, CB Radio. Sunday night, it's WTR. Sunday night, Russell Talk Radio. The fantasy draft. We'll have it all figured out. Again, the highlight will be the wheel. And we'll announce the winner of this current season because that ends tomorrow. So we'll announce the winner on Sunday night. Monday, it's the Raw Post Show, 11 p.m. Eastern. You always get it. We always get a keeper, yes. Yes. We'll have a keeper. Um, and we'll have a whole spreadsheet and stuff, so don't worry about that. We'll be back next Thursday night. It's all about the news on the Rack, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's Rack Radio Show on all social media platforms or wherever you get your podcast. Just search the Rack Radio Show. It's at Wild Talk Radio Twitter, Facebook.com says Wild Talk Radio Network. Chat if you have that Amazon Prime link to your Twitch account. It's called Prime Gaming. Support the channel by clicking the purple rectangular button below the screen. You can also use code code RocketSock or. Lin's M. Ward. In the Fortnite item shop or Epic Game Store. Wahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahah